This is Andrew Schultz. I'm the sales manager for CHS Ag Services. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network. CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Tuesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Whitney Pittman along with Randy Conan. The Government Accountability Office has released a study that recommends huge cuts to federal crop insurance subsidies for higher income farms. Combest Sell and Associates managing partner Tom Sell says that this would have a negative impact on agriculture. The analysis on the true effects of that are, are not well done in this study. It's just kind of a it's kind of a hack job. Um, but it would certainly undermine, you know, the the delivery system, uh, which is a an amazing kind of risk sharing set up between the federal government and these AIPs who take on a lot of risk. You know, the federal crop insurance annually pays out more in indemnities to farmers. Some years are better than others. You know, in an ideal year for farmers, no indemnities are paid out because everyone made their crops. And that's that's a beautiful thing. So there are years where the, the federal government actually makes money on on federal crop insurance. Sell says the system could be improved, but this proposal would not be helpful. These suggested cuts are very kind of academic and, and, you know, you can tell it's written by people who really don't have any experience in the business world or how things actually come together, aren't actually taking on risk of their own. They're getting paid a paycheck and kind of analyzing what other people are doing. It's just not a, a well-crafted study. Not to say that there aren't areas where federal crop insurance can be improved, should be improved. And there's kind of this constant ongoing, and I really think the competitive nature of it, the fact that you have agents competing to do a better job, and companies competing for the farmer's business, that model is actually working extraordinarily well to serve the needs of farmers across the country. Late season harvesting from Michigan to Ohio will be slowed by light precipitation through Sunday before drier weather begins next Monday. Harvest is mostly complete elsewhere across the Midwest. World Weather Incorporated says much of the Midwest will receive up to one and a half inches of moisture through next Sunday. Moisture activity in the northern plains will be more limited, however, with occasional uh, snow showers and little rain through Monday. Temperatures for the northern plains will be warmer than usual with highs in the 40s and 50s north, 50s, 60s south through Friday before cooling to more normal teens and 20s, 30s by next Monday. USDA will release the December World Agriculture Supply and Demand Estimate Report on Friday. Bolt Marketing Market Analyst Dwayne Bossy is not expecting big changes from USDA. You know, it, it might just a little bit. We'll be watching South America production fairly close to see if they trim soybeans just a little bit. But so far, the trade is not expecting large cuts in corn from South America and from Brazil mainly. And, and I, I think there will be some... I wouldn't say major cuts, but some lower corn production forecasts. Just because of how late the soybean crop is being planted, I think some acres just don't get planted to that second crop of corn, and that'll drop production quicker than weather scares, of course. So that's kind of what I'm looking for for the U.S. domestically. They won't change any of our production numbers, so we'll just tweak demand a little bit, export demand, ethanol demand, crush, things like that. Bossy is watching support levels for soybeans. I'm a little bit concerned that we're running through those right now as we speak. We're probably running some stops. But you know how this market is. They tend to sniff out those stops where they're at and like to run people out of the market and then find a bottom and bounce back. And I kind of wonder if that wouldn't happen here because we're horribly oversold. And like you said, the forecast isn't exactly perfect for South America yet. 
Survey of market analysts by the Wall Street Journal expects USDA to make only small changes to the U.S. grain stocks in Friday's supply-demand report. Corn stocks are expected to be up 1 million bushels to 2.16 billion during the 23-24 marketing year. Soybean stocks are expected to be down 3 million bushels to 242 million bushels. And wheat ending stocks are expected to be unchanged at 684 million bushels. Global corn and soybean stocks are expected to be a little lower, while world wheat stocks are expected to increase slightly. The driest areas of northwestern Brazil are expected to see regular rounds of rain over the next two weeks, while southern Brazil and Paraguay will see a mix of rain and sunshine. World Weather Incorporated says much of northern Brazil will receive one to two inches of rain over the next two weeks. Argentina is expected to see a mix of rain and sunshine with on on again, off again, rains occurring through mid-December, with most areas seeing up to 1.5 inches of rain. Country futures market analyst Daryl Holliday says normal December rainfall in Brazil is pressuring this soybean market. Which would be substantially more than the rainfall in November and October. Now, and that'd be fine. <clears throat> December is a critical month for them, uh, for the soybean crop and a large part of it. And if they get normal rainfall, normal rainfall is plenty of rain for them, and that's why the market's on guard. Uh, let's call it defensive, at least. Uh, corn, we've had really good export activity in the wheat market in the last week. It's, all of it's been soft red winter wheat. It's all been to China, but you know what? We Beggars can't be choosers. We'll take what we can get because we just had literally done nothing. The lean hog market is being pressured by a lack of fresh news mainly because the news just doesn't get any better. Uh, what I mean by that is that there's no bad, no news that's worse. It's just we're not seeing, we've got lots of weight, and the, and the product just doesn't, just continues to slide. These seasonal supplies are large, and which we know that. We're just not seeing anything dramatic. We have come off the lows, but we're well off those highs we saw early or late last week. Bennett Consulting owner Matt Bennett says the livestock markets continue to be volatile. I mean, yesterday we were down hard, and then we ended up up a little bit, and then we turned around and we moved back lower. You know, whenever you look at today, I mean, we're up a little bit as far as uh, fats are concerned, but, you know, we gave up two bucks yesterday. Uh, you're up 50 cents today, depending on which contract you look at, but feeders are up, you know, anywhere from two to 250, and so uh, it's nice to see a little bit of a, a move higher. You know, uh, you look over, uh, you know, at the hog market and uh, you're down again today. So in all honesty, the meat's not exactly overperforming by any means, but at least we're seeing a little bit of uh, strength in here. Go to rrfn.com. Sign up for our weekly Red River Farm Network e-newsletter. FarmNet News hits your email box every Monday. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Tuesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. Minnesota Veterinary Medical Association President Dr. James Bennett says the decline in the number of food animal veterinarians in rural areas stems from one major factor. It's primarily economics. If you could say one factor, what it is, it's changing face of agriculture. So let me give you an example. For When I was a senior in veterinary school in 1980, there were 28,000 dairy herds in Minnesota. There's now about 2,600. So it's a, you know, really a crazy reduction in numbers. Now, 
um, we haven't lost as many cows as we have farms, but what's happened is um, uh, agriculture's gotten much, enterprises are much, much larger now, right? So when I started, my biggest herd was probably 200 cows, and now it's 12,000 cows. Production agriculture is seeing less of an impact from the shortage. The biggest issue is in emergency situations. The farms do almost everything themselves that of the technical tasks that veterinarians used to do. And that's not really good or bad, it's just the way it is. So the role of the veterinarian per animal or animal unit is drastically reduced. You know, what may be a little more challenging, I think, is for the people that aren't really in what we call production agriculture. You know, maybe they have four beef cows and a horse and a few sheep or something, and maybe they don't use a veterinarian, and they just assume that, you know, when something gets sick, well, I just call a veterinarian, right? And I, and I really feel for some of those folks in some rural areas where first time they call is when they're having a real emergency, and then they have a hard time getting somebody. The Minnesota Agricultural Education Leadership Council, or MALSI, is hosting the Midwest Regional Future AgriScience Teacher Symposium in January. MALSI Executive Director Sarah Dornink says ag ed students are encouraged to attend. We have a great agenda this year, really to kind of learn about student teaching. We have teachers come in. Um, to talk about you know, how do you manage an ag ed program. They meet some of the other first-year teachers that are learning about, you know, looking for a job, contracts, interviewing, kind of starting that first year. It's a little different than kind of that seasoned teacher who's been around um, and about licensure. And then they meet some of the support staff that will be there when they become future teachers. Um, and then after that, um, and then they get to actually move right into participating in our Minnesota Association of Agricultural Educators Conference. The FAST program is an effort to retain and encourage young agricultural teachers. We are working on strategies like FAST uh, to help kind of keep those students in the major, retain them through their four years as they are on their path to becoming future teachers. And then actually entering the profession. The FAST program is focused on regional because we also hope to entice students to come back into Minnesota to address our teacher shortage. Last year we had 30 participants from University of Minnesota Twin Cities, University of Minnesota Crookston, and Southwest Minnesota State University. But then we also had students come from North Dakota State, South Dakota State, and UW-River Falls. We want them at the end to go, wow, Minnesota's a great place to teach. Um, there's a great network there. The Purdue University CME Group Ag Economy Barometer rose uh, index rose five points to a reading of 115 in November. That's a 12% increase year over year. The index of current conditions rose 12 points, while the index of future expectations was up two points. The November reading is 25% higher than in May, 10% higher than in September. Spring wheat basis bids at the regional grain elevators, followed by the Red River Farm Network, have all moved to the March Minneapolis futures contract. Spring wheat basis ranges from 20 to 80 cents under the March contract. Corn basis has also moved to the March futures, with corn basis ranging from 45 to 90 cents under the March corn futures. Soybean basis is unchanged from last week, ranging from 65 to 85 cents under the January soybean futures contract. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen is in Mexico this week, meeting with the Mexican President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador. 
Mexico is one of the top export markets for U.S. agriculture, and the expansion of bilateral trade will be on the agenda for Yellen and her Mexican counterpart. Go to RFN.com, sign up for our weekly uh, e-newsletter, FarmNet News. Hit your email box every Monday. This is the Red River Farm Network. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. After their start in 2014, Agrotech USA has been working to find efficiencies for farmers. Co-founder James Patterson says they've focused on one main nutrient. Phosphorus efficiency. So in prior experiences and in both sides of the business, we had had experience in the fertility side of things. There's a lot of focus placed on nitrogen. Um, from a crop endpoint standpoint, but there's very little focus on phosphorus. And if you look at all the macronutrients farmers use, phosphorus is, you know, the least efficient input. If you go, you know, up around the Grand Forks area or up north, you know, you have higher pH soils where you may only be recovering from a single season application, maybe 10 to 20% of the phosphorus being available to the plant. And the remainder of it fixes into the soil. They have developed chemistry that will allow greater return on input investment. We've done a lot of research over the last 12 months with Hefty Seed. Across all of their trial locations, they're sitting at about an 8.5 bushel increase on corn um, from an infer application, and that's simply 3.2 ounces per acre of our product applied in furrow, and that application would cost the grower under $5 an acre, so a $5 added investment and depending on what obviously corn prices are but at you know at three bushel at three dollar corn even at three dollar corn on the low end of four dollar corn you're still looking at over thirty dollars a acre return from a, a a small initial investment taking a look at markets minneapolis march wheat two and a half higher at 738 and three quarters may two higher at 748 and a half Chicago wheat nine and three quarters higher at 6.30. Kansas City four and a quarter higher at 6.62. March corn three and a quarter higher at 4.88 and three quarters. July corn two and a quarter higher at 5.08. Soybeans January futures down three and a half at 13.02 and three quarters. March down three at 13.23 and a half. Soybean meal nine dollars eighty cents a ton higher at 4.18.10. And canola in Winnipeg down $12.80 a metric ton at 664.30 Canadian. Live cattle futures February $1.75 higher at 168.82. April live cattle $1.67 higher at 171.37. January feeder cattle $4.07 higher at 214.60. March feeders $3.72 higher at 217.30. February lean hogs down $1.55. This is the Red River Farm Network.